This is the Sheep Guarding Llama Podcast for Thursday, February 9th, 2006. This is episode 44. Welcome to the show. One of these days I will pack my bags and run. Yeah, I will pack my bags and run. Oh, been spending my time to please everyone around. But now I'm out of this town. And the song was Reach Out, brought to you by the Podsafe Music Network, which you can find online at music.podshow.com. I am your host, Scott Allen Miller, and I'm glad to have you back. And I do have to apologize, it has been a month since we have done a show. And uh, I'm sorry, we have just gotten busy, and uh, I guess I've gotten busy. I have no one to blame but myself, uh, and I haven't been able to get around to doing a show and uh, so I'm sorry, but I am back, I'm on the air, and uh, I'm happy to celebrate. This is six months of the Sheep Garning Llama podcast. So isn't that cool? We started in early September uh, last year, and uh, um, in October we got to do the Disney special, and coming up in two weeks we're doing the Going to Chicago special, assuming I can find my Amtrak guest rewards um uh, account because I've lost my card, so no one tell Dominica. I know she doesn't listen to the show, so I'm probably safe, but uh, I have to find it, and I don't know where it is. So, 
because I had to clean out my wallet when we went to Disney World, so I didn't carry anything I didn't need. So now it's gone. It's uh, that's just the way things are. So uh, I'm I'm very excited to be back and doing the show. I've missed everybody, um, uh, but I have been listening to a lot of podcasts while I've been gone. So don't think I haven't been busy. I've probably listened to eighty or ninety hours of podcasts. Um, since uh, since the last show, it's uh, it's a major portion of my day. Uh, now, mostly I listen to IT conversations. For those of you who are a little bit geeky uh, or are really into podcasting, which is a fair number of people out there listening to me, I think, um, <clears throat> given that I'm really geeky and into podcasting, I tend to attract those people. Um, <clears throat> uh, definitely check out itconversations.com. Uh, Doug K runs a nonprofit organization. They get uh, really really awesome IT content from all over the place. And uh, they put it together. Uh, it's kind of like NPR, but with even better content and absolutely no commercials. Uh, okay, I guess they do have a little bit of commercials, but very, very little. Much less than their membership drives on uh, PBS and uh, on, on NPR. So um, check them out. Some of the really best stuff is like BloggerCon and uh, uh, the Blog Her convention is really good. Um, and there's just a, a whole bunch of them uh, that are uh, really, really good. And you can, uh, Gnome Dex, definitely check out Gnome Dex. Uh, if you want to listen to uh, people talk about panel discussions and speakers talk about blogging and podcasting and video blogging and new media and how it's going to change the world, these are the, the conferences to listen to. There's just so much great content. Check it out. It's free. Download it. Go listen to podcast. Go aggregate. Um, so that's really cool stuff. Now, I also have to apologize. I got sent some time ago uh, the personal uh, invitation to the Jedi Council Speaks, Episode 3, sent to us by Bob Chrisman, uh, Trevor Gakor, down in um, uh, Binghamton. And uh, I've been meaning to play this, and we haven't done a show since he sent this to me. So I'm bringing it in now, and I will be back right after he speaks with you. So, Bob, take it away. Hey Scott, it's Bob here from the JediCouncil.blog.com. I just want to kind of shoot off a quick uh, another comment or response to you. Uh, I listened to your very last podcast about the Rochester Ferry going under, and I just wanted to say that thank God the ferry went under. I know it was very stressful and for not only you, but most people in Rochester. It was just an absolutely stupid thing that was going on. So I'm glad that the ferry in its own right, finally went down. I think you're right. I think the mayor was involved in some highly illegal activities and stuff that he was being bribed for and all sorts of stuff. You know, we've got our own situation like the ferry down here in Binghamton. I thought I'd just kind of give you some information to let you know that Rochester's not the only area that does absolutely stupid things. Down here in Binghamton, people down here have been afraid of losing what they call the BC Open, which is kind of like a open competition for golfing. And we've gotten a lot of good professional golfers here, the problem is, is it always happens in the same week as the British Open. Well, probably about three years ago, just a little after Heather and I moved here, the BC Open uh, golf course called Enjoy Golf Club was going to go under business. And people around here were scared to death that they were going to lose their precious Enjoy Golf Club. So they decided, the village of Endicott decided to buy the golf club. Now, mind you, this is a failing golf club. It couldn't even keep itself going couldn't keep itself in the black, um, and they decided to buy this golf club and decided they were going to turn around. The village of Ennecott, excuse me, was going to turn that around. And I just honestly didn't see it happening, and guess what? Two years later, it didn't happen, and to make matters worse, 
the village of Endicott started going under. They couldn't afford to keep the golf course going anymore. So in their infinite wisdom, the village of Endicott screams havoc and murder and everything else here in Binghamton. And so they go to the Broome County and say, Broome County, come and please take the, the Enjoy Golf Club and help us save this and help us resolve this matter. So Broome County comes along. They buy the golf course. Not really buy it, but took it from... Uh, the village of Endicott, and so now, this year, there's been the announcement that the BC Open will no longer happen. Now the Champions Tour is going to come by here. Of course, people around here are trying to put a positive spin on it. You know, the Champions Tour will be the best thing for the Binghamton area and everything else. Honestly, this tour has been dying. The BC Open has been dying for years, and I really think that we've been trying to do everything we can in this area to keep it alive as long as we can because we think it makes this area thrive. And quite honestly, I don't see where the money's coming into this area. Mostly what I see happening is people from around this area spending money on the BC Open. Just kind of like people in Rochester who are spending money on the ferry and not too many people from outside of Rochester spending money on the ferry. I want to say I understand your plate about model trains. I'm not doing model trains, but I am doing uh, Lord of the Rings miniatures. And I know you know that I started this, so I know you can understand where I'm coming from. But it's like Warhammer, if you guys have ever played that for Games Workshop. And I'm really into it. It's one of my other hobbies that I do, besides all the bazillion other things I do. And I agree with you, Scott. I not only have a hard time coming up with trying to find the figures for the game, which is a problem in and all of itself, which I've found a great place to go for that. If you've never been there, it's a place called Altered States in Syracuse. Um, and, of course, now it's now how you play the game, I think, is what the shop's called. It's moving. Things have changed. And my biggest fear is that they're going to drop the whole Lord of the Rings line, which they potentially could. Anyway, I, I agree about finding the model stuff. I cannot find modeling things anywhere. It's not just for trains. It's just for modeling, period. I've had problems finding the right kind of materials to model with, and all that sort of stuff. A couple suggestions I have for you, Scott. Um, you could try Dan's Crafts and Things in the Rochester area. It's over in Penfield. Um, I've gotten some good things there, and then other times I've gone there and I haven't had things. The good thing about Dan's Crafts and Things, though, is they're willing to order things for you. So it's just a thought, a place that you could go. But I agree with you. Trying to find model trains and not toy trains is a very hard thing to do, and that's you know really one of the reasons why my brother and I, when we were younger, kind of gave up model training because we couldn't find the materials to do it. So I agree with you. I wish there was some place out there on the internet to support it, and better yet, I wish there was somewhere out there on the internet that would help support just modeling in general. I had quite the time trying to come up with my Helm's Deep set, which I've been personally working on for a while. Well, I just want to give you this kind of quick MP3. I'm hoping it wasn't too long. I'm trying to keep it under five minutes, so I'm coming pretty good, I think. Uh, the other thing I wanted to kind of say was don't forget the Jedi Council Speaks comes out on February 1st. I'm hoping to be there. I've been sick this entire past week, which has set my deadlines back quite a bit, so I'm hoping I get it out there on time. And another important announcement will be coming up, and this will be announced in the Jedi Council Speaks, but the news is breaking here on Sheep Guarding Llama. The week after the Jedi Council Speaks comes out, I will be announcing the final, or I will finally be releasing the dates and times of my Star Wars Saga weekend here in Binghamton. So if any of my friends want to come down here and join me for an entire weekend of nonstop Star Wars movie watching, they can do that. So again, that's breaking right here on Sheep Guarding Llama. So Scott, now you have some bragging rights over me. So I look forward to hearing about your comments from 
about the Jedi Council Speaks, uh, the third episode, which will be coming up here. It's been the most controversial episode probably yet, is Jedi Council Speaks number two. And number three, I'm sure, is going to follow right in line. For some reason, I just have the feeling that it's going to happen. So until we talk to you again, Scott, I look forward to your comments on the Jedi Council Speaks number three, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. Hope to see you around. This is Bob Crispin from the Jedi Council Speaks, signing off. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate you uh, sending in your comments. That's awesome. It's always great to have uh, listeners sending stuff in. And uh, definitely, obviously, you've been listening to the show. Uh, you know everything we've been talking about. It's pretty cool. Uh, I used to work in Binghamton, uh, right there in Endicott, right ne- real close to the Enjoy Golf Course. I know exactly what you're talking about. And actually, we've got a listener out there that we got to give a shout-out to. The surfing IT wizard lives downtown Endicott. So uh, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe he'll uh, give us a quick MP3 and send it in. And... Bob, I know you'd be listening to this because I haven't done anything in a month, so you've been waiting for it. Um, but uh, we're excited about the uh, Star Wars Marathon. Uh, sorry, I didn't catch what you're actually calling the event. But uh, the uh, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back uh, Star Wars viewing. And uh, the IT Wiz, I think, is going to try to make it as well. So don't be surprised if there's a couple of us showing up. Um, and yes, I am familiar with dance crafts and things, and I have been there. And uh, I have to say, the people are very friendly, they're very helpful, um, But and they will order things. All the Walters catalog uh, shops will order stuff, but you don't get to look at it, and you have to go through this whole process. You could order directly from Walters. The problem with Dan's is they're so expensive. Uh, you can actually go a few minutes farther to uh, Dispatch Junction in um, East Rochester, and uh, their prices are better, and their selection's a little bit better. So it's, it's tough. The biggest problem is that there's nowhere to be involved with the hobby. Um, you could do these, you know, drive up, place a catalog order, wait a week, drive back up and pick it up. But it's such a cumbersome process uh, for getting for getting modeling stuff. And modeling stuff, I really feel is uh, first of all, you really want it when you want it. You don't want to have to order it and wait a week. Um, but a lot of it's you know it's very hands on. You want to like, oh, I'm going to model this house. Well, here's a photo of what someone else did with it. Well, that's great. I'd kind of like to see it. I'd like to pick it up. You know, see what the quality is, uh, compare some things side by side, uh, and that's tough. Uh, all the shops do have, you know, the trains, but you know, the trains are kind of pre-built. Uh, <laughs> it's the it's the actual model stuff that's uh, that's pretty hard to get. So um, it's tough. I don't have a good answer, and I don't have a good answer for you with uh, your Lord of the Rings Helm's Deep models either. Uh, yeah, unless you haven't tried Millennium, but I'm sure you have. Uh, but if not, try Millennium on West Henrietta Road. Uh, they're huge. Or they used to be, back when they were Crazy Igors. Crazy Igors, uh, who, who was incredibly famous. I don't know where he went. Whatever happened to Crazy Igor? Somebody find Crazy Igor and let him know the Sheep Guarding Llama podcast is wondering where he is, because that guy had the coolest shop around. People were driving from all over the Northeast to go shop at Crazy Igors. So, um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, ignore me. Um... All right, let's see what's new, what's been happening since the last time we did a podcast. Well, uh, let's see, the big thing, and I wanted to talk about this because it's cool, I got a new digital camera. Um, a lot of you know that I'm into photography, it's one of my, you know, ten official hobbies or whatever, uh, photography, uh, classical guitar, which I haven't done in years because of my carpal tunnel, um, movies, music, obviously everything involving computers, um, I always forget half my hobbies every time I have to mention them, but there's like thing history, um, things I'm into when, uh, so anyway, photography, I used to be a photographer for the Livingston County News back in the day, they're, uh, new, I believe they're a Gannett paper, now I don't even remember, they're owned by the Batavia Daily, uh, which is, uh, from Batavia, New York, near Buffalo, um, and uh, they happen to be, the, the newspaper that I worked for is located uh, right here where I live now, just down the street. Um, but uh, back in the 
early 90s, I, uh, I managed to go in. I'd never done a photography job before, and I, they had listed in the paper that they were looking for a photographer, and I figured I had nothing to lose, um, and uh, there wasn't normal job references that you would use for a photography job, so I put together a portfolio. I had taken classes at Codex Camera Club, which is it's so sad that the camera club is no longer operating uh, the big dark rooms up at uh, Kodak, at the Eastman Kodak uh, in Greece, um, because they were it was the coolest thing. I mean, back in the heyday of photography, there was no cooler place to be than the Kodak Camera Club. I mean, they had black and white labs, color labs, photo processing equipment, everything could be done by uh, manually. They had uh, all the darkroom equipment you could possibly imagine, hallway after hallway full of dark rooms. They had exhibition space. They had um, small theaters where you could uh, do slideshows for uh, small audiences. Uh, they had all the chemicals you could possibly need, all the film, all the paper at incredibly low prices. Um, and it was just amazing. It was, it was, I'm really, really glad that I was, uh, I, that I am old enough to have, when I was younger, taken advantage of uh, that you had to have uh, some way in. My father worked for Kodak, so that was how I managed to become a member of the club. Um, and it was just great. I took classes there. I, I did a lot of work there. I got my supplies from there, and it really made photography something that I could do when I was young uh, at a very high level. So it's really, really cool. So anyway, I put together a, a portfolio that I took into the paper, and uh, they gave me a shot based on my portfolio. No experience, just uh, gave me a chance, which was really cool. And my first couple jobs were... Uh, uh, awful. I had to go. I remember my very, very first job. I had to cover uh, some student event in Keshequa, uh at Keshequa High School, which is in Nunday uh, here in Lewiston County. And I had to drive way out there, and it was the most boring thing, and I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to get pictures of and what they wanted to see. And uh, it was just terrible. And for a while it went on like that. I, just, I couldn't get a grasp of the whole photojournalism thing. I understood photography, but uh, being working for a newspaper is different than other forms of photography. And, uh, it was, I just wasn't getting it. And I was sure that they weren't going to keep me and they were going to cut me. And they sent me out one day to, to cover an Easter egg hunt. And I knew that was the end. Once you're covering the Easter egg hunt, um, you're just not, uh, you're not going to be in the newspaper much longer. That was the end of it. Uh, and it wasn't even like the Easter egg hunt in Rochester. It was the Easter egg hunt in York, uh, which is where I went to high school, the middle of nowhere, out in the country. I had to go work in an old baseball field that was not even used by the school, and they had thrown eggs around it, and uh, little kids were running around grabbing Easter eggs. And uh, I, I didn't know that I had color film on the camera. I thought I had black and white. And I shot, uh, I shot my pictures, and I turned them in, and I was sure I was never going to see them again. And when we got the newspaper that week, half of the front page was full color, uh, the picture that I had taken. And uh, from then on, I did cover and sports photography, um, which was really, really cool. So that was my... I only did it for a little while uh, in the early 90s, but it was really, really awesome to have gotten to work for a paper. And it was... Let me tell you, it's the greatest feeling when you're sure you're going to you know, lose your job because you just don't think that they have any faith in you and you don't think that you're doing a very good job. I, I really didn't think... I, you know, I didn't get to see all the pictures I did. I would turn them into them. They would develop them. And so I, it wasn't like I could see the roles and see if I was turning out one halfway decent picture or if every one of them was being considered and, and just only one could be put in. Um, and then to, to open up a newspaper 
and see a picture that you took on the front cover. Uh, it is really, really cool. So that was that was my photography career, uh, but I've always liked photography. I've been into it since I was very young. My parents got me my first camera, uh, one of the old Kodak disc cameras. If anybody remembers those, they were even worse than 110 film. These things were terrible, but they were easy to use. You would pop in this little cartridge that had a disc in it, and uh, it would take 16 pictures. Uh, it would turn around in a circle, so the cameras were really flat. Um, and thin. It was just a weird, weird camera. I got that when I was eight on a trip to Bar Harbor, Maine for vacation uh, that my family took. And I remember we were somewhere around Vermont, I think, or maybe right when we crossed into Maine because the trip was really long. Uh, My parents broke out the camera and gave it to me to kind of keep me uh, from being unbelievably bored on this really, really long drive. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. And so I'd have all these pictures that I took when I was eight years old in uh, Maine. And the pictures are absolutely awful, but uh, uh, eight-year-olds taking pictures, that's what happens. Um, so anyway, uh, recently uh, I finally decided that it's costing me too much to have analog film. And uh, I never really use I've I've had a nice Nikon uh, single-lens reflex for many years, uh, since before I worked for the newspaper. Uh, when I was a teenager, I went out and I bought a really nice Nikon SLR, and uh, it's been a great camera, still works great, I've got good lenses for it, everything's great, but uh, I don't use it because the pictures that come off of it, obviously, are film, and I don't use film. I don't have any spot to use film. I don't have a slide projector, I don't sit around looking at prints. If I want to look at a picture, I want it to be on my computer. If I want to share print with somebody, I want it to be on my computer. Uh, So every single picture I have, I've been scanning in laboriously, uh, trying to get all my old pictures into some usable form. And I decided that, uh, and I should say, the quality of the scans isn't that good. Uh, The original film was pretty good, but by the time you take a picture onto a negative, transfer it onto a print, and then use a low-quality scanner and scan it in, uh, because I don't feel like going out and spending $400 on a scanner for my old pictures, um, you you don't get a whole lot. You've got, uh, the quality isn't that great, and it's a whole bunch of effort. So... I'm getting the old one scanned in, uh, but I decided that doing any more was just not worth the effort. And since we recently got uh, the Kodak uh, digital camera and have gotten such incredibly good pictures out of it and have enjoyed taking pictures with it so much, I decided it was time to to replace my my really good SLR with uh, something digital. And so I did some shopping around and I got a Nikon D50 uh, digital SLR. It's a 6.1 megapixel. Um, And uh, let me tell you, it is absolutely amazing. If you are in the market for a semi-pro, advanced amateur uh, digital uh, camera, this is the camera to get. I can't believe that everyone doesn't have one. It's uh, absolutely amazing. Um, And don't look at the prices at places like uh, Row Photographic in Rochester because uh, they're ripping you off. Um, I went to Abe's of Maine and got uh, the camera for like $480, uh, which is a pretty amazing price. Now, you do have to buy a lens extra, so it's like 580 with a really nice lens, but uh, we're talking about a pretty serious rig here uh, for not very much, and those prices are coming down so fast, I bet they're even cheaper now. Um, but uh, let me tell you, I'm happy with this camera. The thing is rock solid. Uh, it's, a, it's a rechargeable battery. So you don't uh, go through batteries really quickly. It's it's fast. I know one of the complaints with digital cameras uh, is that you take a picture and you have to wait forever before you can take another picture. So if you're taking a picture of anything with action, you're just out of luck. I know working with uh, the little Kodak that I have, it's terrible. Uh, if I want to take any pictures in succession, um, the, the second one just doesn't come out. Uh, the flash doesn't charge fast enough because it's running off two double A's. There's just not enough power and there's not enough features to, to be able to take pictures quickly. 
And a lot of people really don't like the digitals because of that. Well, the the D50 is able to take 2.5 pictures per second. Um, and they say you can do that for nine pictures, but a lot of people say you can do it for hundreds, uh, pretty much as much as the, the card can hold. So uh, it's fast, and it charges the flash incredibly fast, and it focuses in an instant. I can't believe how fast this thing is. So this has completely changed my impression of what digital cameras can do. Uh, this thing far outperforms my old uh, analog SLR in speed. Um, and the picture quality coming off of it is amazing. Um, I've definitely never had a camera that turned out anything like this. The the Kodak was nice. This is really, really good. Um, so I'm just incredibly happy. So anybody who's out there looking at cameras, go out and check out the Nikon D50. Um, and, you know, there are better ones out there, but the cost difference between this and the ones that are better is, is so much, I just don't see the benefit to it, unless you're obviously a professional and, and you need that. Um, but this this is great. Uh, the one thing I do have to do, say, the little caveat here is, uh, shopping with Abes of Maine, they, uh, uh, they're great as far as their prices, they are horrible as far as their customer service. Um, what will happen if you order from them? They won't ship to you for days. They'll wait about a week before they ship to you, so be prepared. It's not going to be fast. Uh, and then, before they ship, they're going to call you and try to bully you into buying more stuff over the phone. You can refuse, but it's how they make their money is by catching people unaware and trying to get them to... And they will tell you things. Do not, in, under any condition, listen to them on the phone, because they are outright liars. Um, and if Abes of Maine wants to sue me over this, I dare you to sue me, because I know exactly what you said in that conversation, and I am prepared to see you in court. So, there. Uh, they told me that I shouldn't get the awesome Nikon Nikkor lens um, that uh, that I got, uh, because they claimed it was a $60 lens, and it's a, it's a piece of crap. You shouldn't get it. You want to get a, a Sigma lens that costs more, and we'll, we'll take care of that for you. And uh, they left out a couple things, and I didn't, I didn't buy it, but they, they weren't going to tell me that the Sigma did not have the wide angle that I was purchasing in the Nikkor. Uh, they, you know, they were replacing it with a lens that didn't meet my needs um, from a, a range perspective uh, right from the beginning. And they told me that the lens I was getting was a $60 lens. Oh, it's only $60. So you, you want a real lens. Uh, well, this lens is from them $160. What they appear to do, and I checked this a number of times, while you're talking to them, if you dispute a product with them over the phone, I believe they remove that product from their website. Uh, while you're talking to them on the phone. That's a really cumbersome thing to do. It's hard to believe anyone would do that, but it can be done, and I'm pretty sure they do, because I've had it happen with at least two different products with them that they pulled them from the website while there was a dispute about them. So, uh, but this is, I checked a number of places, and the lens from them, which is the cheapest, was 160, and I've seen it as high as like 250. Uh, and let me tell you, the, the quality coming off this lens is more than adequate. I'm pretty happy. Um, now, I'm not a pro. If I was a pro, I'm sure it would be different, but uh, uh, so they were really trying to bully me into getting a different lens. Uh, they lied to me about a battery. This is where they caught me. They actually, they told me they are going to get me a, a quad-life battery, four times the life of the regular Nikon. Well, the regular Nikon's a 1500 milliamp hour, so I'm like, great, a 6000 milliamp hour for $90. That's a great deal. And uh, when they shipped it, it was actually a 1200 milliamp hour battery um, that, uh, according to their website, they don't even sell. Uh, that is, after I talked to them and disputed it, they pulled it from their website. I checked it with a whole bunch of dealers, and I couldn't find anyone selling it for more than $19. If you go to the generic dealer, Amazon.com, they had it for $1875, not $90. Um, and they gave me a runaround, they lied to me over the phone. 
consistently told me how they tested these batteries and they last four times as long as the Nikon. The Nikon only lasts 15 minutes. Well, let me tell you, I've had, I've had uh, the battery I have since the day I got the camera two weeks ago. And uh, I'll just flip on. Oh, yes, and the battery is still completely full today. Uh, it hasn't discharged at all. And I've taken a whole bunch of pictures, flash pictures, quite a few. I've played with the camera. I've, I've done a whole bunch of all the learning I've done with it. I'm still on my first battery charge, and it hasn't gone down one notch on the, on the meter yet. So I don't know how that battery is going to last four times. And they wanted me to test it over, you know, a week or so. Well, I don't know how many pictures I was supposed to be taking. I can't run down the battery I got that quickly, let alone one that supposedly would last four times. Uh, but this one definitely is not a 15-minute battery. This one is hours. And Nikon lists it as hours. So uh that's twice at least that they uh I, and i don't even know the other stuff that they tried to sell me but those two uh made me upset enough but needless to say you you, you know uh, uh buyer beware but abes of maine has prices that are so incredibly good just don't fool yourself into thinking that they're going to treat you well um, you can you can get your products from there. Do not listen to them. Do not take their advice. They don't know anything about cameras. They're not photographers. They're just minimum wage camera salesmen. They're a big, huge company that sells cameras as quickly as they can. Uh, and they trick people. That's how their prices are low for everyone else. Let someone else get tricked. Fine. Get a good camera for yourself. It's worth it. Uh, the same camera in Rochester, uh, the only dealer that I'm aware of, I'm sure there's others, uh, is hundreds of dollars higher. So... Uh, it's well worth getting it from uh, a major dealer online. Uh, all right, that's enough about cameras. Enough uh, of my uh, uh, my blame, uh, flame and shame, uh, as they call it at Blogger Conference. Um, and I'm going to play uh, as we're going into the middle of our session, uh, "Angel Light" by Jeremy Kushner. Can you see the light through the trees? The sun comes up to fire up the day Cause you came with me to those lofty highs When your heart came up to meet me half the way Can you remember when it all began? You could lose your breath at the touch of my hand You opened up your heart and you held me tight You let me share your angel light Angel light The room's so very still now Like it radiates for you Where you've left and all your clothes are on the floor only half made and it splits the space in two and this morning all I heard was the door can you remember when it all began you could lose your breath at the touch of my hand you opened up your heart and you held me tight you let
I gotta tell you guys, I know a lot of my listeners know this already, but uh, Firefly is a really, really awesome show. Now, I found the show, I know a lot of people were mentioning it, uh, I haven't been a big Joss Whedon fan in the past, I hate Buffy, everyone knows this, uh, but I like Angel, I don't love Angel, but it's like an entertaining show. Uh, to me, it's like uh, Vampires Do Quantum Leap, but uh, but funny, um, as a, as opposed to Scott Bakula. Uh, sorry, Scott. But um, it's just funny that his name was Bakula, and this was a Quantum Leap reference to, uh, yeah, um, vampires. So um, I, I listen to uh, Radio Free Burrito, and I read uh, willwheaton.net, and uh, he recommended for people who like sci-fi that the hottest thing that you had to check out was Firefly. So I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to watch it. Um, and I uh, never really got around to it. I mean, we were only talking a couple of weeks here. Uh, but the Surfing IT Wizard was up last weekend. He didn't get to be on the show. I've been trying to get him to do the show. Um, and actually, I am IMing him while I'm doing this show. So uh, in case he's listening to this now, I'm recording this while I'm talking to you now um, about talking about Firefly on the show. So, uh, but he brought up Firefly with him. He came up for the weekend, and we got to watch uh, the first several episodes. And the show is really, really awesome. It's really good. It's funny. It's a cool sci-fi with a western theme. Um, and actually, uh, Loopy ran out and bought the show without having seen it, just from me saying that uh, that it was pretty cool. So, uh, uh, it's just really cool. You gotta check it out. It's funny. And the, it, it's a really original take on sci-fi, which is really good. I, there's, you know, a lot of sci-fi out there. I don't think there's a lot that that really strays too much from uh, kind of what Star Trek did, which I don't think is, you know, it's not really how I like my sci-fi. I mean, I like Star Trek, especially TNG, but it's nothing special. It's just an okay show. Uh, you know, Patrick Stewart and uh, Jonathan Frakes and Will Wheaton and a bunch of people really made that show because they're such good actors. Uh, LeVar Burton, who we can't forget because he does Reading Rainbow here in Rochester. Uh, well, for Rochester, they don't film it here. As if we get sunlight enough to film a show like that here in Rochester. Um, but, uh, 
the show was really made by the actors and not by the writers. The writing and the producing and, for the most part, the directing were really awful. Uh, the basic theme of the show was terrible. The whole prime directive thing didn't even make sense. Uh, half the time, the writers writing the show didn't even realize what they were saying. Uh, they didn't even know as much about the show as people who were casually watching it. Only one episode. You would catch more than the writers did during that episode. Um, so... Uh, it's just not what I'm looking for. When I, when I watch a sci-fi, I like that show to have the same comedy elements, the same drama elements, uh, the same emotional elements that I expect from any other genre just set in a science fiction setting. And that's where a lot of shows fail. That's, where, that's why Star Wars is so great, because Star Wars was not a sci-fi. The original wasn't. Uh, once George Lucas got a budget, he went back and tried to make it into one uh, with all the special effects and everything. But it was a, it was a show. It was a, it was a movie. It was emotional. It pulled at the heartstrings. It was an adventure. And it happened to be set in space. And that, that was all that it was. It was just a, a setting. It could have been set in the 1300s. It could have been set in ancient Egypt. It was set in space. And that's what makes sci-fi's good and bad, I think, is could you take the same story, put it in a different setting, and have it be just as good? If it relies on the setting for the for it to be good, for the quality to come from the setting, then it's not really quality. Then it's just, you know, it, it's an action movie that's only exciting because there's lots of loud explosions and fast cars. Obviously, you can make an action movie that's great because there's good writing, but too often people rely on the action itself to make it entertaining, and too often sci-fi re- relies on action in space or, you know, geek speak in space. Oh, we we need a, you know, spanner to cross the, you know, hyperflux capacitor. You know, these things don't make any sense. And the, the people who want to hear that the least are the people who are closest to understanding what you're talking about because they know you don't have any clue what you're talking about. Uh, so who who is this written for? I have no idea. Um, so... Firefly is really cool because it, it's it's light. It's it's a new. It's a fresh take on sci-fi. Uh, I'm just really happy about it. So I'm not saying it's you know amazing and that it's the best thing you're ever going to watch. Definitely not. But uh, it, it's a very entertaining show, and uh, I haven't seen all of it yet. I, I can't wait to check it out. But it, I think a lot of my listeners should go out there and check it out because it's different. It, it shouldn't turn people off who are open to uh, sci-fi. Um, and it, it, it's a very well-rounded show, I think. So uh, get out there and check it out. That's all I have for you. Um, I don't want to run on too long, and I need to get out there and listen to the Jedi Council Speaks because I haven't listened to it yet. Sorry, Bob. Um, and uh, I'm going to let uh, Whitney Steele take you away. This is uh, Movie Star by her. We've played her previously, and her music absolutely rocks. So uh, have a listen, and I will hopefully be back talking to you very, very soon. Who you are 